Welcome to the Dunwoody Community Church Podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to listen in to one of our Sunday services, and we hope that you will be blessed by today's message. For more information about Dunwoody Community Church, please visit us at dunwoodychurch.org. That's dunwoodychurch.org. I'm guessing, given the cards in your seat and the video and all that, you've probably figured out what the mark of a disciple is for today, huh? It's not really much of a surprise. We're going to talk today about service. And I suspect of the seven marks that we're going to do, this is, this is the fifth one, um, I suspect that this is perhaps the most groan-worthy, that it's the one that you hear and you think, oh, yes, the never ending obligations at the church. Um, and I hope over the course of talking today that, to, to, to change that some, to, to see that, that service as a mark of discipleship is, is freeing. Um, it, it, is not, it is not grown worthy. It is not endless obligation. But first we need to define a few terms. If you look up to serve or service in an English dictionary, there's a ton of definitions because we use it in lots of ways. We use it to to say we want to discharge a duty like you have to serve on a jury. Or we use it to to say you're you're offering something, you're supplying something that's needed. You know, my mom served dinner at six o'clock. Uh, We use it if you're in the military. We say you're in the service. And to start many games, you actually start with a serve. In tennis, you you begin with the serve. But if you go through, eventually, somewhere in that list of definitions, one of the definitions of to serve means to be a servant. That, That serve and servant are connected. And in the Bible, when you read the word serve... It always means to be a servant. They don't use the word serve the other ways we do. They don't use it to mean discharge an obligation or provide something or that they have other words for that. Whenever you read service, servant, to serve, that always means to be a servant, to to do what a servant does. And so that is one of the marks of the disciples because it was one of Jesus' marks. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, he came to serve. Meaning, in this language, the language of the Bible, he came to be a servant. So turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 6. We're going to talk, read through a very famous story about serving. When Jesus has his disciples serve and what we can learn from that. It's Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. It's the feeding of the 5,000. This time when all these people are gathered out listening to Jesus and then he miraculously feeds them. So read along with me, if you will, Mark chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 30 to the end of the story in verse 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? 
How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute them to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. So Jesus and his disciples, as so often happens in real life, they try and get away by themselves for some time to rest and relax, but the realities of the world and of life catch up with them, and there's this huge crowd. We're told there's 5,000 men. That probably means 5,000 households. Like, we're individualistic. We're an individualistic culture. If I asked Jared how many people are here, he'd count everybody. He'd count men, women, young, old. That's the way we do it. In their world, they're a family, community-oriented culture. They, they counted households. There's probably 500, 5,000 households there. How many people is that? 10,000, 20,000, 30,000? There's a lot of people that are there. And Jesus just teaches and teaches and teaches and teaches. And finally, it gets to be kind of late. And his disciples do what I think is a very reasonable thing. They kind of saddle up to him and say, hey... You've been going on for a while. Uh, we're getting hungry. There's no McDonald's anywhere near here. You need to let the people go. I think, that it's, I think that would happen here. If I decided that I was so excited about this Mark service that I was going to preach for three hours, I don't know how long it would take, but at some point, 12.15, 12.30, something, I imagine Tim would start noodling on the piano, and then maybe he might have Jared turn his mic on and say, okay, we're going to take a short break, people, and he'd saddle up to me and he'd say, Jeff, everybody's hungry. It's 12.30. Wrap it up. We got to go. The, 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 Jesus, wrap it up. They got to go. And Jesus, of course, being Jesus, he doesn't leave it at that. Jesus, send them away. They need to get something to eat. They're hungry. And Jesus turns to them and says, you give them something to eat. And Mark doesn't tell us this, but John records the story as well. And John says that Jesus actually was testing them. Like he knew what was going to happen. He knew exactly how he was going to handle this. But he's going to use this to teach them something. And he's going to use this to teach us something. Because how do the disciples respond? Jesus says to them in verse 37, you give them something to eat. And they say to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? The disciples say back to Jesus, because remember, they work for him. He's the boss. Disciples, one of the mark is service. They're like his servants. He gives them an order. You give them something to eat. They can't come back to him and say, no. No, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. You can't tell me what to do. They come back to him and they say, we don't have enough. We can't do that. We don't have enough. That would be really costly. Now, I don't know if they actually have that much money. We know they had money. People supported Jesus, just like we do missionaries today. People gave Jesus and his disciples money. That's how they live. I don't know if they actually have enough money to do that or the disciples are just speaking hypothetically. But Jesus says, do this, and they say back to him, we can't, we don't have what it takes. That's too expensive. It costs too much money. And I think, I think this is true for me, and I bet this is true for you that that is exactly how I respond to needs. That's exactly how I respond when 
I see a need. When there's something going on out there, I evaluate it and I ask myself, do I have what it takes to meet this need? Am I willing to pay the cost to meet this need? So Jordan stands up here one day and says, hey, we need, I, need, I need three more teachers. Because you know, when you teach, you're, you're not in the service. You're with the kids. So we don't want the same people to teach every week. We want a rotation so that you're only out once every three or four weeks. Jordan says, hey, I need three more teachers to fill up my rotation. And so I think, do I have what it takes to fill that need? Could I do that? Am I able to teach? Do I have the time? And I think, am I willing to pay that price? Because that costs me something to do that. I miss the service. I have to hang out with kids all day. I'm not with my family. That, that I say the exact same things the disciples say when I see a need. Okay, do I have, is it possible for me to meet this need? Am I able to? And then effectively, do I, do I want to? Am I willing to pay the price? Or is that gonna cost too much? And I would like to submit to you that that is the wrong question. That that's not the question to ask. Remember, service, to serve, means to be a servant. That means you do what your master says to do. It is not our job to decide what needs to be met. That's his job. He decided that they were going to feed these people. It made perfect sense to send them out to buy stuff. I mean, that's what probably happened most of the time. That's what most people probably would have done. But Jesus decided, this is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to do. And they tried to say, oh, well, we don't have enough. We can't pay it, whatever else. But that's not the question. The question is, what has your master told you to do? You don't have to decide whether to serve. You just have to ask your master. Is this something you want me to do? Jordan stands up here and says, I need three more teachers. You don't have to think to yourself, wow, am I able to teach those kids? What are the age groups? What's the curriculum? What's gonna happen? You don't gotta evaluate all that. And you don't have to ask yourself, okay, do I have the time for that? Can I I pay that price? Can I afford that? That's not your job. The only question you have to ask is, Lord, do you want me to do that? I'm your servant. Do you want me to serve in that way? Is that a way you want me to be your servant? And if he says no or doesn't say anything to you, then you say to Jordan, good luck, blessings on you. And if he says yes, then you say, hey, I'll do that. Because what does Jesus answer back? The disciples say, we don't have enough. We can't afford it. And Jesus says to them in 38, what do you have? We don't have enough. We can't afford that. What do you got? Go find out. He gives them a command. How much do you have? Go find out. They come back to him. Here's what we have. We have five loaves and two fish. And these loaves, they're about six or eight inches uh, around. They're, they're circles. They're almost like tortillas, a little thicker maybe. That, that's what a lo- that this kind of loaf he talks about here is. So they're not particularly big. You're not going to feed 5,000 families with five of these. If you're doing the math, by the way, that's one per thousand family. It's not going to happen. The disciples are right. They don't have enough. And and maybe they can't afford it. Again, I don't know what money they have or not. Jesus says to them, what do you have? I got five loaves and I got two fish. Because if the first rule of service is, it's not your job to decide, the second rule of service is, it's not your job to provide. 
You don't have to do that. That's not your job. Whose job is it to provide? It is Jesus. Jesus told them to do it. It is his job to provide what they need to do it. That's what the scriptures say. God never calls you to something that he doesn't then equip you to, okay? Exhibit A, I am a computer programmer. I have no theological education. I've never done this before in my life. God asked me to be a pastor. I said, that's nuts. I sit in a small room with no windows, by the way. We don't like windows in programming. Light could come in. And we type black text on a white screen. And we bend computers to our will all over the planet. I am a programmer. I'm a systems analyst. I'm a systems architecture architect. Like, I'm not a pastor. And yet here you are, 10 years later, still listening to me, right? Either you are gluttons for punishment or the Lord provides. If he calls you to something, he will provide you what you need. We see him doing it right here. We can't do that, they say. We don't, we, can't poss- we don't possibly have enough food. We can't possibly pay that expense. And Jesus says, well, what do you got? We got five little loaves and two fish. And Jesus provides. Because that's Jesus' job. Remember, to serve is to be a servant, not to be the master. The master decides. The servants just do it. And the servants don't pay to do it. I mean, come on. This is the way the world works. If your boss calls you into office one day and says, wow, um, something's going on in the Philadelphia office. I can't make heads or tails of it. I can't get a straight answer out of these people. I want you to go to Philadelphia for a week and sort this out. Tell me what needs to happen because this isn't working. If, I need, like, if we need to hire people, great. We'll hire people, right? If we need to fire people, we'll fire people. But go up, spend a week in Philadelphia and tell me what's going on. Now, who's going to pay for that plane ticket? Who's going to pay for the rental car? Who's going to pay for the food? Who's going to pay for the hotel? If somebody's got to be hired, who's going to pay for it? Can you imagine your boss calling you in and saying, I need you to go to Philadelphia for a week. I don't care how you get there. It's your money, right? You want to take a plane? That's expensive. You want to drive? That's fine. I don't care where you stay. I'd advise a tent. That's cheapest. There's a nice KOA. But hey, if you want to spend your money on a hotel, go ahead. Take food if you want to eat cheaply. You know, hire as few people as you can because it's coming out of your salary. And by the way, you need to get a temp to take over your duties for the week you're here. Like our world, which is totally messed up, unbelievably fallen, completely broken. We wouldn't even do that. We would never say to someone, hey, you need to go do this for your job and you need to pay it all. It's all on you. Well, what if I have to hire somebody, boss? Oh, that's your problem. Make sure you don't, don't offer more than your salary because that's all you got to offer. Even we wouldn't act like that. Of course, God doesn't act like that. Jesus doesn't say to people, hey, you go do this on your strength and with your ability and your money and your resources. He says, you go do this. And then he provides Because it's not your job to decide where to serve, and it is not your job to provide when you serve. That is his job. Your job, my job, our job is to obey, to do 
what he tells us to do. What does he tell the disciples to do? In verse 39, he directs them to have everybody sit down in these big groups, 50 or 100. Again, is this 50 people or 50 families? We don't know, but it's a bunch of people. Then, for verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. What is the disciple? Jesus says, you feed them. Okay. What is their actual job? What do they do? They obey him. He says, what do you got? They bring it. We got five loaves and two fish. He starts pulling loaves out, breaking them. He keeps doing it. He starts handing them to his disciples, and then he sends them to the people. He makes the food. He miraculously somehow creates, multiplies food, but he doesn't just give it to the people. He gives it to the disciples, and they obey him. They feed everyone. That's what he told them to do. You give them something to eat. And they go off and they give people food to eat. They didn't decide whether they were going to do it and they didn't provide the food that was necessary. They just obeyed. Here, go give them something to eat. And then he gives them the food and they go. Now think about what's going to happen. Put yourself in the story. Like a great way to try and understand the scriptures when it's stories is to try and put yourself into it. Imagine you're one of these disciples and, and Jesus just keeps, I mean, there were only five loaves in that little basket, but Jesus just keeps bringing loaves out and breaking them and, and he gives them to you. So, you know, I don't know, you either take them in your arms or, you know, they tended to wear like these flowing robes. Maybe you're like pulling your robe up and, and putting it in. How much food do you think you can carry? You know, these loaves and these fish. I don't know, 10, 20, something like that. And you take this over to a group of 50 or 100 people, maybe a group of 50 families. Do you have enough food to feed 50 people? Could you carry enough food to feed 50 people, 100 people, 50 families? Maybe it's two or 300 people. No way. You don't have enough. So you have this load of food from Jesus and you go to these hungry, and let's face it, probably hangry people, and you give them enough food to feed, let's say, 10 of the 50. Now what happens next? How do you feel? You're looking at this group. I'm looking at this group of people right here and I've given enough food for the first two rows. And that's it, it passed from this row to that row and it's done, there's no more. How do I feel? I feel embarrassed. I feel nervous. I've got to start, okay, now wait, wait. Um, okay, 50 people and I've got 10 loaves, so we need to start breaking those loaves into fifths. Anybody know how to do fifths? You can't just break it in half, that's quarters. It doesn't work. You gotta got have fifths and we're gonna spread it all out. I start trying to figure out how am I gonna make this work? Again, because I think it's my problem. I think it's my problem to provide. I brought the food, I handed it, it's not enough. What am I going to do? Because I'm looking at the crowd. I'm looking at the need. I'm looking at the resources I had. I'm doing the exact same thing I did at the beginning of the story. You feed them. I don't have enough. I can't possibly pay for that. It, it can't be done. I'm looking at the need, and I'm looking at what I have in my arms. And what am I not looking at? The magic food-making machine that's behind me that filled up my arms with food in the first place. You go to these people and you give them, they have needs, and you give it to them, and it's not enough. You don't have enough to meet all that need. So what do you do? 
you go back to Jesus and you get filled up again. Because this is the way service works in Jesus' kingdom. He does not just hand you everything all at once. Boom, here it is, you're good, go out. Because then, heaven forbid, we really would start thinking it was us and we had enough and we could do this. He just gives us enough. And we go out and we give away. Jesus has filled me up and I come and I pass it on to you, okay? That's what I'm doing right now. Jesus has filled me up. I've, I've spent hours and hours in this text and praying over this text and working through it. And now I'm giving it to you. And then I'm empty. So what's going to happen next Sunday? I go back to Jesus and I get filled up again. That's what servants do. We take from the Lord and we give it out as he instructs us. And then when we're empty, we go back. We go back and we fill up again because it's not our job to decide what needs we meet. That's his job. And it's not our job to provide for those needs. It's not our job the first one. How many, I mean, seriously, 5,000 families. I don't know how many disciples that he has here, but in Luke, a a couple days later, he's going to have around 70, okay? There's 70 people distributing food to 5,000 families. Let's say every family is mom, dad, and two kids. 20,000 people. Who knows, right? How long is it going to take 70 people to feed tens of thousands of people with their arms full of food? You're going to make trip after trip after trip. Every time you're going to go and you're going to give away everything you have, and it's not going to be enough. And so you got to go back to Jesus and you got to get filled up again. And then you're going to go out and they're going to do that over and over and over and over again. They're going to do that all evening long. Going to Jesus, getting filled up, taking it, giving it out, being empty, going back to Jesus, getting filled up. This is going to happen over and over and over again because that's, that's our job. Our job is to obey. Jesus could have fed these people himself, but he chose to use his disciples. They, we read this miracle. They saw this miracle happen dozens of times. They go to Jesus and he, he just starts pulling bread out. Bread, there were only five loaves and you've already given out a thousand. And there's more. And he fills you back up again. And they go and they give it away and they're empty and they come back and they watch him do it again. He does it again and again and again. 10 times, 50 times, 100 times? How many trips do you have to make? Every single time, there is not a single person who doesn't get fed. If there's one person left in my group and I come back, Jesus fills me back up again. And I go and I give it out. They watched this miracle happen over and over and over again. I think because Jesus is trying to teach them what he's also trying to teach us. We don't decide who to serve. He does that. We don't provide when we serve. He does that. We just obey. We just go back and forth from him to the needs as he has directed us and he has provided for us. Back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Now, please understand, I'm not saying service is free. I'm not saying it doesn't cost you anything. It does. Because Jesus didn't just make food out of nothing. He said, what do you have? He took what they had and multiplied it. 
It costs them five loaves and two fish. That's what it costs them to do this. And in the end, what happens? Verse 42, all the people ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. We don't translate it, but that that word basketfuls is a unit of measure. It's about two gallons, okay? So they pick up 24 gallons of food. Now, what did they start with? Five little six to eight inch loaves, maybe an inch thick, and two fish. And again, we don't translate it, but the word is actually little fish. It tells you what kind of fish it is. It's these little three or four inch fish. Okay, how many of those, like if, imagine you took a milk carton, you know, one gallon container and you put five loaves and two fish in, would it fit in that container? Oh yeah, easily. Probably wouldn't even be half full. Let's say they have half a gallon of food when they start and they have 24 gallons of food when they finish because, because God's really bad at math. Because he just can't help himself. Like, he loves to give stuff away. He loves to oversupply. It's just, it's how he rolls. He's like, hey, if I'm going to make food, we're not going to be stingy about it today. We are going to eat and we're going to eat well. That, that story where Jesus makes wine, right? The wine he makes is the good stuff. They drink that, and the guy's like, why have you been saving this for after people have had too much already? Like, he makes the good stuff. He makes an abundance. It overflows. Yes, it costs them something to serve. But really, all it cost them was five loaves and two fish. And they got back 24 gallons at the end. It is not your job to decide where to serve. It is not your job to provide what is needed to serve. It's just your job to obey and to serve where your Lord tells you to. And he will provide what you need and he will keep providing. Every time you come back, he will fill you back up so that you can give it away because he loves to do it that way. Jesus doesn't need us to teach those kids. He can teach them himself. He wants to include us. He wants us to see the miracle just like they did over and over and over and over again so that it finally drills into our thick skulls that he actually does provide for us, that he actually can do anything he says, that if he calls us to do something, he will supply it. He'll supply it on the first trip. He'll supply it on the 10th trip. He'll supply it on the 50th trip. He'll supply it on the 5,000th trip if necessary. He doesn't run out of food. In fact, he makes way, way too much. That's what he's like. Service. It's not a groan. It's not an endless obligation in the church. It's freedom. It's joy. It's just being a servant. Lord, do you want me to do that? Like, here's a need. Do you want me to do that? You got a card full of needs. All right? Do not ask yourself, am I capable? Do I have what it takes? Am I willing? Say, hey, God, I got a card full of needs. Do you want me to check any of them? Because he's the master and you're the servant. And if he says to you, yeah, I want you to do this, and you're like, I don't have that, that's not your problem. That's his problem. He will have to supply, and he will. Every single time they come back, 
they get filled back up and they go out. He oversupplies as he always does. And they end up with so much more in the end than what they started with. That is what service is like in his kingdom. It's simply obedience. It's simply doing what Jesus has told you to do and not worrying about whether you got enough or you're able to pay this or whatever else because that's on him. If he sends you to do something, that's on him. And he will always do it. He never sends you out and then says, like this bad boss we talked about, right? Well, hey, you find your own hotel and you pay for it. I'm not doing that. When he sends you, he provides for you. When he calls you to serve, he gives you what you need. It is not your job to decide. It is not your job to provide. I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down here, right? It is not your job to decide where to serve. It is not your job to provide how to serve or what is needed to serve. It's just our jobs to obey. That's why I'm standing up here today. (laughs) I'm obeying. This is what God has called me to do. 10 years ago, God called me to live on the other side of the planet and work with a missions agency. And he provided for us to do that when we did it. Now that we're here, he provides for us here. He will give you what you need. You just gotta say yes. You gotta say, okay. When Jesus says, go go feed them, you say, okay. What do you want me to feed them with? And then he's gotta give it to you. That's his job. Service is freeing in the church because all you got to do is obey. Lord, I got a card on my chair. You want me to do any of this? I am your servant. That's what it means to serve. I am your servant. You want me to do any of these? Okay, if you do, great. You're going to have to provide for that because I don't know how to do that. You're going to have to give me money for that because I can't afford that. You're going to have whatever needs to happen. That's on him. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over me. I'm going to pray over these cards. We're going to ask God. Well, I'm going to do it out loud. You do it silently in your hearts. Ask God, hey, you want me to do any of that? Right? If he says yes, check it off and then say, great, what do you want me to do it with? Because that's his problem, not your problem. You don't decide and you don't provide. You just obey. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are a good boss. Thank you that you are a good master. That you don't call us as your servants to do things and then not provide for us. That, that you provide. I'm, you, called, you called your disciples to do something that was completely impossible. And then they did it. They did it over and over and over again. They fed people. I imagine they fed people all evening long because you provided. Thank you. Thank you that, that you're like that. that thank you that, that, that you, you oversupply. Thank you that you delight in giving gifts. Thank you that you let us be part of that. You don't need us. You could do all this yourself. You could have provided all that food to people and all those people would have thanked and praised you. But instead, you used your people, your disciples. And that crowd thanked your disciples. And they got to watch you do this miraculously over and over and over again. That is so kind of you. You could do all this yourself, but you share the glory. You you share the thanks. You share the praise with us, and you seem to delight in it. We're so grateful, Lord. We pray. I pray for this card. Like, how do you want us to serve, Lord? I pray for all my brothers and sisters in this room. 
all the folks who say that, Jesus, you are Lord, so we are your servants. How do you want us to serve? Do you want us to do any of these things? Holy Spirit, I pray you would speak to us. As we're praying now, I pray you'd speak to us. As we continue with communion and then with singing, I pray you would speak to us. If you want us to do, to serve in any of these ways, because that's your job. Your job, Lord, is to direct us, to tell us to serve in these ways. And then we will obey you, and we will look to you to supply what we need, to supply what we don't have. The disciples didn't have food. You supplied it. Thank you. I pray for my brothers and sisters now. As we pray, as we move into communion, as we sing and worship again, Holy Spirit, be speaking to us. Are there ways that you want us to serve here in this church? Are there ways you want us to serve elsewhere? The whole world is yours. Where do you want to use us, Jesus, to meet needs? Where do you want to use us to to feed people, to, to take care of people, all the things that you desire to do? You wanted to feed hungry people, and you used your disciples to do it. How do you want to use us, Lord? We are your servants And we will gladly obey because it is a joy. It is a joy to serve when it's you filling us up, when I never have to provide it myself. I don't have to figure it out. I just need to tell people, I'll be right back. I got to go get more from Jesus. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would speak to us today, later, this week, that we would know that we are your disciples and so that means we're servants. Show us where you want us to do that, Lord. And we will obey We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.